Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast, coming at you live on a Wednesday, Gel. Live on a Wednesday. Yes, sir. <laughs> was not expecting that. That no. was good. <laughs> Got me. Got a fun show for you today. Got him! Have a little bit of NFL draft talk with the Combine. Going to dive into the latest in the MLB CBA, uh, which was very brief, and uh, dive into some uh, LeBron news and then round it out with some college Football playoff talk. Pretty exciting stuff. But before we jump into it, Gel, it is our time for our question of the day. Today's question is What is your all time favorite video game? It can be on any system. Oh, man. Okay. Well, mind, my mind officially, like right away, jumps straight into N64. And there's two games NFL Blitz. Mario Party. Okay. I am I <laughs> Mario Party I became more of a fan of uh once we got into college. Well, I guess really both both games, but uh college we we ended up turning Mario Party into a uh drinking game. Yes, classic. Which yeah. So, you know, and those games are not short. No. So, you have to be pretty you have to be pretty damn committed to uh, you know, to open to start a mario party drinking game so that was basically uh you know we would just sit around and more of an excuse just to you know figure out ways to get beers down the gullet i guess (laughs) right (laughs) um so that was always that was always a lot of fun but nfl blitz i i have never been a big fan of madden uh i think that they just they just basically come out with the exact same game every year with new rosters and I find it extremely annoying and, and somewhat offensive. <laughs> so <laughs> I so I do not buy Madden anymore. Um and so that's probably uh so NFL Blitz is my favorite football game. I do definitely I did definitely uh really love NCAA football when that would when they were still making that game, but uh they haven't made one of those and now we're going eight years now, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which is crazy. I think, I think 2014 Ugh. was the last one, so it's been a Fingers. it's been a hot minute. But it's maybe coming with back, NIL, maybe with NIL back, you know, in uh, what, and we'll get into that at some point this episode. But uh, maybe that'll help opening things back up to where EA or whoever decides to make this game uh, can can really get into it. We could maybe. Maybe actually have players' names yeah. in the game, which would be kind of cool. EA teased it. They are bringing back NCAA football, and I believe 2023 is when it's going to be, but they didn't say what the specifics were on it, if they're going to be able to use universities or players or anything like that. That all still needed to be worked out, but they did tease it. I mean, it this is literally back. like, this is the easiest like case to be made that they're literally using each player's name, <laughs> image, and likeness. likeness. <laughs> they would use their number, their skill set, their height and weight would be like locked in for their universities. Like this is the easiest case where you like to be made where name, image, and likeness was incredibly clear outside of the university actually selling those players jerseys for their profit for the university's profit (laughs) for the athletic department's profit but not but not a dime of that went to the players 
So I think this is, you know, with NIL being the way that it, how it's currently constructed, uh, this, this I think is a perfect opportunity for them to, like you said, start this game back up. And if it's 2023, okay, I'm here for it. I'm all in. Uh, and then you said top three games. So I gave you NFL Blitz, Mario Party, and the game that I probably spent the most amount of time playing, well, not probably, for sure, uh, has been MLB The Show. Uh, the amount of just late nights of playing that game and, you know, burning time, especially I, I find that I end up playing it, you know, I'd end up having, you know, I'll have the Brewers game on one screen and then I'll have, then I'll be playing MLB the show on my TV or whatever. And the amount of time that I've spent just, just burning, burning away my part of my life uh, <laughs> doing that is uh, on a yearly basis has been has been uh, it's it's a pretty high amount of hours <laughs> honestly the thing about that though that and I I would always fall into this I would get like kind of confused about my count in the game versus the count of you know whatever baseball game I'm watching so like I'll see in the brewer game it's like an 0-2 count I'm and then I you know then I swivel my head over to the game of the show and I'm thinking it's an 0-2 count and it's really like a 3-1 and you know just a just a mental lapse there I guess <laughs> right which is easy to do I suppose yeah I'm but yeah no a lot of fun um th those are probably my three games if I had to throw in a single year of MLB MLB or the show 07 was the first one I owned that was out on PS2 that was, I mean, the amount of names there was, it was just incredible. The, just total legends. And uh, that was, I believe, John, John Dowd was Barry Bonds' name in that game. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yep, John, good old John Dowd. But, like, you know, running out there like Gary Sheffield, Roger Clemens, Billy Wagner, just low, just absolutely just just tons of legends that uh now a number of them are in the hall of fame and shoot miguel tejada was like an abs was a monster in that game <laughs> like just some of these names that you kind of forget about yeah. that are they were so damn good back then but so i was like i always liked that game and then uh when i got a ps no this might have been a ps3 then 2010 i spent i spent a shit ton of time playing that too I believe that it was david wright on the cover so probably those are probably my top three i'd say what about yourself sir yeah i'll throw the show in there it's probably my third i would say on the list of the three that i'm going to give and yeah it's one of those that you can literally just plug in and just spend uh five minutes playing a game if you're doing road to the show and your career just with you're only up when you're batting or the balls hit you in the field. So it's super easy just to crush through a series there. Or you can literally spend all day playing it. And I always love when it's time for your contract up and then see what offers you get from other teams and see where you can go or maybe re-sign with your current club. So I always like that aspect of it. Yeah, I, I, I tended to stick with franchise mode for the most part. Okay. But there'd be times when I would just, like you said, I'd have, you know, couldn't fit in a full game you know i didn't have an hour or two to burn so i just crank out you know 25 minutes of road to the show and get my fix yep. i guess <laughs> yep. my i'll throw my second favorite game i'll just go in reverse order here and both of my remaining ones are for the n64 and 
probably on a lot of lists of people's favorite games. But number two for me is GoldenEye. GoldenEye spent so much time playing multiplayer mode on that with buddies. That was like the go-to. You have a sleepover and you got four guys. Everybody's hooked up on there (laughs) to the controllers and just going and just demolishing (laughs) each other in there. I always like the mode too, the slappers only, where there's no guns at all, and you had to go around karate chopping people till they died. So <laughs> that was always entertaining and took forever. So it was usually put like a max of one life. So once you died, you're out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was always fun. And number one is arguably one of the greatest games of all time on a lot of lists, and it's Zelda: Ocarina of Time. That was one of the first open world games, and. Just absolutely amazing game, amazing storyline, soundtrack's great. I mean, there wasn't one thing about that game you could complain about, and it's still one that I'll go back now and play it, and yeah, the graphics aren't great on it, but man, at the time, it seemed like it was, yeah, and at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, these graphics are amazing, because they were. That was one of the first ones that was like a 3D open world outside of, I think Mario 64 was released before that. That was one of the OG games for the N64 and it dropped, but just the difference for going from a Super Nintendo to N64, and yeah, I just remember it just being absolutely just jaw-dropping some of the graphics and what you could do in the game, and yeah, it's one of those that nostalgia-wise is just a classic, oh. and I don't think anything will beat it. Did you ever play Conker's Bad Fur Day on 64? I did not. That is, you brought up, you brought up, uh, you know, you brought up a uh, Gold Knight. Made me think of that. That was one of those. You know, you'd have four players, four guys over, and and uh, or you know, you'd have your group of like however many people over, and four people. You know, it was a four-player game, and. I was never any good at it, but I also didn't own that 64. So the only time I would ever play was over at, you know, playing over at friends places, but, uh, amazing game. Definitely, definitely highly recommend if you ever see conquers, uh, conquers bad fur day (laughs) underrated. I don't think it was very many people played it, but it was basically like squirrels versus teddy bears. In like a war in a war game, okay. it was so much fun. That's it was funny. and it was totally inappropriate. Like it was one of those like you know rated M for mature games too, okay. which you wouldn't expect from Teddy Bears versus Squirrels. But it was it was so it was so much fun, man. That yeah. was I would always get my ass kicked, but it was so much fun. Oh yeah, no, there's a lot of games you could throw out there. I was never a big Smash Brothers person, but I know a lot I suck of my at friends Smash, were. But... Yeah. Well, I suck at most video fun. games, I guess, to be to <laughs> Same we'll, we'll, st- we'll say that. But no, I don't know. Smash is there's some people that are amazing at it and understand mm-hmm. the combos really well for each individual character. I never played it enough to really get it down, uh, but it was fun. You know, always, always pretty good time. That was another game that we play in college. Oh, yeah. Yep. I would always be Kirby just so I could suck them in and then just hold them in <laughs> there for a out. while just to piss them off. And yeah. <laughs> was, I like it. That was my defense mechanism, I guess, playing that game because it wasn't very good. There you go. <laughs> yes. That's phenomenal. Uh, we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. If you want to check us out on our individual socials, Gel can be found at Das Gel. That's at D A S J E L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D A S. JPEC. Send us in any questions that you have. We'll answer them on our next podcast. Check us out on your favorite listening platform. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Send us in a screenshot. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Joe, what are you sipping on today? 
Sticking with sticking with the classic boosh. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> That's boy. the only thing left in the fridge, so <laughs> wasn't boy. gonna wasn't making a beer run today. <laughs> I, Starting off the week strong. Nice. Attaboy. I am sipping on a it's called Bonbon. It is from Three Sheeps Brewing up in Sheboygan, a chocolate milk stout. So it's Wow. A little dessert good. beer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, saw it in the store and was like, you know what? I haven't had a stout in a while, so I'll pick it's still that cold up enough and... up there for you guys too to be uh, drinking. I would think for drinking the dark, thick, dark beers. Yeah, it. I think it hit fifty yesterday on Sunday. We're recording Snap. on Monday, but uh, freezing rain and snow in the forecast for this evening. So it should be should be live fun. on a Wednesday. Live on a Wednesday, yes, sir. <laughs> First news topic up for the day. NFL Draft Combine had a little bit of drama over the weekend. Uh, Some of the agents representing some of the incoming college players were trying to set up essentially a boycott of the draft due to the NFL draft restrictions in Indianapolis. They're essentially putting the guys into a bubble. They couldn't have any contact with their agents, trainers. I mean, it was essentially the NFL's like, all right, you're ours for however long you're at the combine. We're going to run you through drills and whatnot. And and you, you could only each player could only bring one person. To, yeah, that's with them. That's asinine. <laughs> Just insane. I, the, you 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 can't have any coaches. You can't have any trainers with you. You could have one. Of you know, you couldn't have your agent with you, you or be in direct contact with an agent, a coach, a trainer, or at least all three of them. You could bring one person, so no, you know, no significant others, no parents could be in direct contact with you. It was, and for them, for the NFL to have said, you know, to even have those restrictions in place at this point when they've already said, you know, for the playoffs, they'd already said, yeah, we're not even testing anymore. Made no sense, but there was a positive outcome. Yeah. Nope. Before we jumped on the recording today, they did essentially lift the bubble, so it should be pretty much back to normal. And yeah, it was it was kind of strange because I think almost half of the half the guys that were going to be attending the combine were represented by these agencies that were going to end up boycotting and. Yeah, they were essentially just going to go and do their physical, and then the rest, they're essentially going to be like, yeah, you can check us out when we have our pro day. So (laughs) it would have been literally just showing up for a physical, and that was about it. Which I think would have been, that's that's an appropriate thing. If I were a a prospect, I wouldn't want to be stuck in Indy for, you know, four days and only be able to be in physically, like physically with one person, you know, and then you're stuck in your hotel room the whole time otherwise and on Zoom calls and uh, phone calls. What what, I mean, it made no sense. It made sense when there was, you know, we were in the heat of COVID when COVID was, you know, A, we didn't know anything about it. There were no vaccines out for it. That kind of stuff. They did actually cancel. I believe they canceled the combine last year uh, because of COVID. Uh, but so it, I'm 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 glad you know for the players' sake that the NFL acted. They acted pretty swift too because this came out yet I believe yesterday uh, about you know the the agents saying yeah we're gonna boycott this half like you said about half the half of the invitees were gonna we're going to bail on that part of it on the, you know, the drills, that kind of stuff. And 
the NFL made the right decision in saying, you know what, this is kind of silly. Let's uh, let's just open this back up to, you know, normal. The back to the, kind of the normal combine, and maybe you still have to wear a mask or whatever if you're indoors. That's fine. I get that. But they had way too many restrictions on it for you know at this point. Yeah. Moving into baseball, the A's should uh, try and get some of these negotiating tactics and figure out uh, how to go about that because they've been trying to work with the city of Oakland on a new stadium for quite some time now. The Coliseum is in dire, dire needs of updates, and essentially the A's want to stay in Oakland, get a new stadium, but having issues with the city. A's essentially found some land that is down by the river gel. Is that correct that they're in the process of just kind of evaluating at this point. I mean, they still a long ways out. There hasn't been any vote from the city or how they're going to fund it or anything like that, but just kind of testing the waters right now, so to say. (laughs) No pun intended because they are (laughs) right on the bay. Uh, But no, they are. uh, So this new location is about six miles from the Oakland airport, uh, which is, great and the stadium that they are proposing would be right on the water so just you, you kind of almost I, I i haven't seen the pictures of it but maybe you could have kind of what san francisco does where they have you know the the splash hits on balls that get hit out of the stadium which we saw obviously a number of barry bonds shots uh going going deep there but so maybe oakland can kind of do something like that but it is supposed to be right on the water and again six miles from the airport so not a bad commute if you're a visitor, you know, flying in for the game, which is which is good. They need every they need every uh every attendee possible. They're only talking <laughs> about a thirty four thousand seat stadium, which is pretty small for today's standards yeah. uh, for for these baseball stadiums. I mean, I know Miller Park is above forty thousand. Wrigley's done a lot to add a number of seats. I don't know exactly they what they max out a little over 40. I think, I think they're in so like they, the low forties. Wow. Yeah. So they've done a pretty good amount. They've added quite a few, quite a few seats then. So, uh, but I think for Oakland, I mean, we've seen their attendance and maybe it is because that stadium is garb. The current stadium, the Coliseum is complete garbage. I mean, they, they're, we're talking about leaks in the ceilings and all that sort of shit, which you can't have <laughs> if you're going to spend the kind of money that you have to to go see an MLB game and you're getting dripped on from, you know, a leak in the roof or a leak in, in you know, in a ceiling above you. But, uh, no, good good to see that. They're right now in the test. Uh, I guess the city is doing their environmental test to see, you know, with the ground if they're going to be exposing anything environmentally if they do decide to dig there and and uh you know to build that stadium i know that so when robert Kraft was looking to when he built his new stadium foxborough stadium uh they had some pretty significant issues with the environmental tests and they ended up having to move that location it was a fight with the city there was a bunch of they basically found when they were digging they found there was a huge amount of tar underneath the ground and, you know, exactly where they were going to build that stadium. And uh, that was, so they ended up having to kill that location. So you kind of hope that that doesn't happen with Oakland, but at least it looks like at least there's some progress here because Oakland, the city of Oakland already lost the Raiders. The Golden State Warriors moved across the bay to their San new Francisco. stadiums now in San Fran. 
So Oakland is down now to, you know, in terms of professional sports teams, they're just down to the A's. So hopefully they can get it. They can get that done. And that city doesn't just get completely over the, you know, over a couple of years span loses all their professional sports teams. But this is obviously a step in the right direction and I'm rooting for it. Yeah. The A's, it was always iconic to watch their games late in the season when the Raiders were still there and, you just see the football lines or during the football game, you'd see the baseball, the dugout the diamond. And stuff. Yeah, half the, <laughs> half the game was played in the dirt and stuff. It, that was always iconic. But, no, it's, Oakland's a great franchise. They're fun to watch. They're one of those programs. I mean, Billy Bean knows what he's doing as a GM. He finds diamonds in the rough and scraps together teams that not World Series champions since the 80s, but – still puts together usually solid teams each year that can compete and usually make a they, decent they run make, to the playoffs. And Yeah, they're making play or runs into the playoffs. So pretty impressive for a team that their payroll is as low as it is. Yes. No, absolutely. And we'll see where that uh, payroll maximum's at this year once the CBAs get going again. They met last week, and it was again for 15 minutes. So I want their job. That. That sounds good. You show up every couple <laughs> weeks for 15 minutes and like, all right, I'm going to go play some golf. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. yeah really. No, it just feels like they're not even trying. I don't know. A 15 minute meeting. Really? Somebody came into the, how does that even happen? They all, they all sit down and they're, you know, at their whatever conference center they're at in New York or wherever they're doing it. And what MLB lays out a proposal and the players are like, this is you this is garbage you've done nothing to get us any closer let's like we're done here and like let us know when you have a serious offer that's pretty much how a 15 minute meeting can go yeah there was obviously no haggling no negotiations being done outside of one side or the other saying this is this isn't even close to what we need to get this done. Why are you, you know, what are, what are we doing here? And they've already delayed. They've already delayed the start of spring training back uh, to March 5th is now the earliest. Yeah. They said the nothing will happen before then. And then the players kind of came out and they're like, well, yeah, because you won't do anything about it and negotiate with us. So right. the players are, they want to play. They are ready to get this rolling. And yeah, it's, kind of at that stalemate right now it's always unfortunate because these eh, it's just something with mlb and the players there's just such a there's always such a battle for even some of the simplest things and it's too bad yeah but well, hopefully like we, we can get a, hopefully we can get in 160 games 162 games we'll see i'm not confident but we'll see yeah no they definitely need to get rolling they're supposed to be meeting again this week so Hopefully, maybe let's shoot for twenty minutes this time, guys. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of yeah, double, improvement double, here. Double it up, get to thirty. 30 and, yeah. Hey, at least it's twice as good. <laughs> maybe bring some food. That should extend it out at least a little. That bit. would help. <laughs> Jimmy John's can deliver freaky fast. Hashtag not a sponsor, but maybe an option. Right. One thing we found out doing a little bit more research, Joe, I'll throw this over to you, is that we didn't realize that the minor leaguers actually are not affected as far as their season goes by the new CBA contract. Yeah, no, that's that's it. I and I would have thought that those two that would have, you know, they would have been hand in hand and the and that the minor leagues would be affected by the CBA negotiation, especially considering, as we had brought up last week, that. They're talking about eliminating 30 players from each team's 
organization, dropping that number from 180 players down to 150. How do you how, how do you know how to schedule out the minors if you're also talking about eliminating 30 players? That's just kind of strange to me. Now the good thing is that if there is any sort of uh you know any sort of delay in the bigs then hopefully like MLB network will be showing some like triple a double a baseball or something so we at least we can get some sort of a little bit of a fix but yeah i've been getting my fix right now at least with a uh, little espn plus action some college baseball college baseball so, that yeah. just started up <laughs> i was turning on what game was i watching i think i was watching the south carolina gamecocks taking on unc greensboro this last week and it's just literally a camera that is set up behind the plate. There's not even anything on the TV that shows what inning it is, score, count. Every oh. time that every time it's in between innings, they just pan out to the scoreboard, and then you can see what the score is, hits, anything <laughs> like that going into the next inning. So I'm thinking that if I'm going to tune into the next game, I'm going to get one of the, uh, the old books and keep track of it manually. <laughs> nice. I've I've actually got I've got a blank one sitting on my uh sitting in my uh on my bookshelf that I have not touched. <laughs> but uh it's there. It's there and you know ready for me to uh to attack. That would actually be kind of fun yeah. if you, you know, were trying to really like pay attention and everything. That's that's actually a fun idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on to the NBA, we were talking about minor leagues a little bit prior to that. Uh, LeBron wants to play with his minor son, and he says that will be his <laughs> last. Uh... <laughs> wow, that sounded terrible. That does, That's a... His minor son. No, his son that is uh, below 18. <laughs> below 18, yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, jeez. His name is Bronny. He's his not a minor Bronny. son. He is a main son. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a minor as in under 18, yes. I but, get it. Uh, he essentially said that the last years of his career, he wants to spend playing in the NBA with Bronny. There has never been a father-son duo that has played in the NBA at the same time, so that would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts here, Joe? I I wonder, so let's say LeBron is still really good, and we're still two, three years out from this happening uh, I think I think Bronny has three more. I think he's got two more high school seasons, and then you have to be you know it, year the year of either NCAA or playing in the G League or whatever. Is like what are you knowing that you're gonna have LeBron for at least a year or maybe two? Where do you end up? wanting to draft Bronny because he's not a super highly ranked prospect. He's right now uh, in the ESPN top 60. He's the 43rd ranked prospect in the country for his, for his age. So, or for his class. So would you, if you have, so that, that would any normal prospect that puts you then in the second round, but knowing that, okay, I'm going to get LeBron. And if he's still playing well, I could get him for a year or for two years. Do you say, okay, I'll take Bronny in the top five and, you know, to make this trade off to get LeBron? I guess it depends where your franchise is at at that point. Yeah. But I I could, I mean, Bronny, this is going to result in Bronny getting 
way overdrafted than what he normally where he normally would fall. So, but 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 if you're if you're if you're a GM, if you're an owner, if you think you're in contention, wouldn't you love having that year year two of LeBron to because that's that almost automatically for the most part if you have LeBron and he's healthy and he's still, you know, a similar player to what he is, that almost guarantees that you're in the playoffs. Not necessarily this season. I think the Lakers right now are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. But if you have a healthy team, a somewhat developed team, you're in the top, you're at, you're the number five pick. Do you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, this pick packages LeBron's son, which we're overdrafting, but I get LeBron for a year or two. Is that worth them? Is that worth making that move? And that's tough. That's got to be a team that it has some other star guys right now. Maybe they were out from injury, or they were maybe just borderline playoff team that got lucky with the NBA lottery and where they ended up in the draft. So, because otherwise, I mean, some of the top five guys, and that's a guy that you could end up having, obviously, at a young age that could be the cornerstone of your franchise for a long time. To throw away that for two years that you're not even guaranteed a championship, guaranteed probably a playoff run, like you said, if LeBron is playing at a high caliber. But then you have to look at it, too. What's Bronny's skill level right now? Because is LeBron just going to be just harping the coach every day like hey got to put Bronny in got to put Bronny in with me if he's not that's yeah to that caliber too so then you're taking into account that aspect so i don't know if i was a franchise if i wouldn't overdraft for Bronny knowing that you're going to get a year or two out of lebron but i don't know it's that's tough i would i would say no myself i would just draft Bronny if he was there when i felt comfortable drafting him not knowing if LeBron was coming there I would take him but I'm not get, I wouldn't want to reach for him in the hopes that LeBron comes in maybe LeBron about it I think about it from the owner's perspective though too I mean LeBron's going to get butts in the seats yeah no jersey sales matter what and... jersey sales you're going to have an influx you're going to be on TV twice you know national TV probably twice a week or more with LeBron there. So that's another piece that I think if I was a GM, I would agree with you. And it would, the other part that it would, you bring up the point that the way that LeBron kind of operates, he likes to basically run these teams and be kind of the, you know, almost the coach slash GM as well. He's already, he's already becoming the GM of Bronny's first team by saying, yep, I'm going to go there. So he's already he's already in that mode. I I think from a GM perspective, I probably wouldn't want to do it. But if I was an owner, I would say, especially if you've been kind of irrelevant, but you've got some nice pieces, maybe you take that gamble and say, this is what it's going to take to get LeBron here. But so from an owner's perspective, I would say, hell yeah, to get some, you know, to get some extra cash in for the next year or two. Otherwise, if I'm a GM, though, probably not. If I'm a fan of that team, I'd probably be 50-50 on it, too, because if this is going to blow up the future of our team, not worth it. But if you're also saying we could now contend for a title, then I would be in. So kind of depends. I, I, it's all situational and circumstantial. 
Yeah, and you kind of have to gauge where LeBron's at too because maybe he's still playing at a high caliber and if he's saying that it's going to be like the last couple of years of his career he wants to play with him, maybe he's still a year or two away from that. So then you're drafting Bronny and maybe LeBron's not even going to be there for another year or two. So it just yeah, kind of yeah, depends on sure. that. So no, it'll be it'll be interesting. LeBron is in L.A., and so is Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams now has reportedly gotten over $5 million in NIL deals going to the University of Southern California. Saw him rocking some beats by Dre the other day. Huge sponsorship there. What are some of the other ones, Jill? There's a grooming well, so, place, so I believe. So half of that money, $2.5 million, are through are through just beats by dre per year that's crazy <laughs> and then he's got another two i believe it was uh two to two and a half million uh locked up per year with some other stuff um whether that's you know coming from boosters you know some of their more major boosters that are you know i, I don't know how they're i don't know how they get away with it if they have to do it through you know kind of shadily through a business or something. I don't think, cause I don't think a booster can, I may be wrong on this, but could a booster just straight up say like, look, I will pay you 1 million here. I'll write you a $1 million check. Can he do that? Like, I don't think so. Maybe, I think it's gotta be to through an endorsement, a company. But they, yeah. But the booster could have a company and then just use it as a reason to just start throwing money around. I'm exactly. Sure. So he's going to be making, yeah, right around or just over $5 million this year. And we Crazy. always thought, we thought it was kind of, well, it was, we thought it was nuts when Quinn Ewers was given that deal uh, for like, I think it was 1.1 million out of high school to go to Ohio state. And then he doesn't even play for Ohio State, so that, <laughs> right. that didn't work out too well, bud. Uh, did for Quinn, no question. But $5 million, that's a shitload of money. And I don't know, do you think that this is healthy? I mean, this is for, for NCAA, for the future of football. Do you have any, any further thoughts? Because $5 million bucks, that's more than your that's more than your rookie contract is going to be worth. So you yeah. so you may so this is this may lead to Caleb Williams stick around through his senior season if he's going to be you know continue getting paid like this cuz it's going to be more than <laughs> his more than his first round draft pick you know that that slot Yeah no I'm happy for the college players that are finally being able to make money cuz a lot of times this is their last opportunity for football to make money some of the guys that aren't going to be going on to the NFL but I just don't know where you start drawing the line with some of this stuff because that's, like you said, that's a ton of money and it just puts some of these other programs, I think, at a huge disadvantage right now unless you have boosters or business local businesses that are coming in and offering them money. But, I mean, I don't know, like a Colorado, let's just say Colorado, for example, or something, some program like that, it's in the Pac-12 they're not going to be able to compete with this type of money. I mean, a lot of programs in the country aren't going to be able to compete with this type of money if this is what's getting thrown at some of the top prospects. And then I'm curious to see what happens down the road too. If, so let's say Joe's Auto Shop is doing an NIL deal (laughs) with somebody at, I don't know, let's say Mississippi State. And after a year, that player is like, yeah, I'm hitting the transfer portal. 
what's going to happen with this? I mean, obviously Jill's auto shop's going to be pissed that they're leaving and I don't know. It's just I mean, what what what's the concern? Do you think they're going to throw the freaking like the mafia at them? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't like, know, what's, but I guess, like, I guess just what's like, the concern in that type of an example for you? Just the money that's going to start getting thrown at these guys to get them into the program and then if they just leave after a year or two, I don't it's going to be interesting well, that, that, because see, then the that business now. is going to come back and be the next time the coach is like, Hey, we've got this guy coming in. They're going to be like, no, we just paid this guy a million dollars to come here. And then he and didn't he even out. stick around for a year and dipped out. We're not doing that. So they're going to, some of the guys coming in are going to have to tread carefully with that too. If they're getting paid big money by some of these local companies or town uh, businesses and stuff like that, that they don't start burning bridges and coaches are going to have to make sure of that too. Well, coaches are, and the other thing too, now that you've got that free, that one free transfer where you don't have to sit out for a season, that's basically like, you know, okay, I'm going to go in, I spend my first two years here getting my money from Joe's Auto Shop, and then I can transfer and I can go get another huge payday, and whoever, it's 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 the same thing that, I almost said less miles, uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, that he said it's you know it's free agency and whoever pays the most maybe maybe he's gonna win over a lot of these guys we saw this Texas A and M they it's been well documented that they dished out a shitload of money for their prospects coming into this season and shocker they ended up with the top recruiting class coming into this season so what <laughs> <laughs> Is that so how that I works. Don't, yeah, so, yeah, funny, yeah, kind of, how funny is that? Um, no, and, and I guess I, w- I wonder if, you know, we, we found out now that Jaden Daniels, after yeah. in December, saying that he entered in the transfer portal, then in December he said, no, I'm coming back to Arizona State. Now he's re-entered that transfer portal again. Maybe he's, maybe, and and is it, if he was thinking, okay, I'm going to come back, Maybe he's like, holy shit, I'm seeing the money that's getting thrown around. I'm throwing myself back into this pool, and I'm going to go get mine. And yeah. that's that's not the way that transfers – I don't know. I'm, I'm not – I'm certainly not a college football, like, traditionalist or purist and saying, oh, we need to go back to the days of the 70s. Not saying that. But the purpose of a transfer is, like, if you have – if you're in a situation where you're not getting the playing time you were promised – Obviously not the case with Jaden Daniels. Your team has underperformed or you're not getting along with the head coach or the coaching staff. There's, you know, there. that's kind of, those are some pretty legitimate reasons to jump into the transfer portal. But then I see Oregon's running back who led the Pac-12 in rushing last season transfers to USC. Is that, I, I mean... Maybe he just wants to play for Lincoln Riley, but I don't think that that's the that's not what the spirit of the rule is. And like, there's some rules that like spirit of the rule I don't give a shit about. I think that's kind of a generally a lot of times that's a BS argument. But the transfer, I liked opening up the transfer portal if your head coach left or mm-hmm. you got gypped somehow or you know somebody is coming into you know you're you're Spencer Rattler. And you just, you know, 
Caleb Williams comes in and, and, <laughs> and steals your spot because you played like shit. Like, I get the transfer there, but for this this Oregon running back to transfer, I don't know. I don't necessarily like that kind of thing. And then Jaden Daniels just flip-flopping. Again, two months ago, he said he was down and he was going to stay with Arizona State. And then he maybe saw Caleb Williams. Holy shit, he's getting five million bucks. I could go and I could go get half that and to you know to go play somewhere else so i don't know that that's that's the downside of a the transfer portal b this nil stuff just kind of spirit of the spirit of the game i guess that that's kind of what bothers me a little bit about it the only thing i'll say with those two guys they did have some sort of situation pop up where granted oregon's been a phenomenal football program no national championships to show from it but they've been an absolute powerhouse in that pac-12 but Mario Cristobal left, so that may have put a little bit of that no, into that's, that's the running true. back. So, I mean, it is a new coaching and staff coming in, Caleb but it's still Williams. Oregon and with Caleb Williams. But Jaden Daniels, the only thing with him that I wonder, it did pop up, I believe, in between when he entered the portal, then said he wasn't going to, and now is. Herm Edwards has some recruiting violations coming up. I think they're still under investigation, so maybe he's trying to get out right now knowing that there might be some, I don't know, sanctions come down or something to that effect too. And I don't know, maybe he's just wanting to get out and get to a new situation. Arizona State hasn't been made a bowl game last year, but they've been pretty underachieving and stuff. But no, qu- no, yeah. I, no, no question. I agree with you and, completely. But Daniels hasn't been anything special either. So no. <laughs> if he's <laughs> no. if he's out here trying to blame the coaching staff, like get over yourself, buddy. You've you've underperformed. Yeah, but no, you and I are on the exact same page. I'm glad that they opened up the transfers, but I don't want guys just transferring to go somewhere else to get paid a lot more. If you have a situation that came up, you went and um, signed on to Notre Dame this last year, and then all of a sudden Brian Kelly leaves for LSU. Okay, maybe you're not wanting to be there anymore. You were recruited by Coach Kelly, and now you want to find a different location. That I totally understand, or Spencer Rattler situation where you were the guy, didn't perform, need a new change of scenery, lost your job, perfect. I've always thought it it was kind of fucked up that, like, your head coach could leave – but you were still stuck there because maybe because yeah. a lot of times these players, they're going to a certain school just to play for that head coach or if their position coach leaves because their position coach, you know, if, if you're a if you're a linebacker, second tier middle linebacker, most of your recruiting is going to be most of that school's recruiting is going to be done by that position coach, not necessarily the head coach. Yep. And if that position coach leaves for another better opportunity or gets canned, you're still stuck there. I always hated that. But this is, you know, so I thought that there needed to be changed. But I don't know. It's all speculation, I guess, at this point. This is probably what led to now the NCAA has officially come out and said that they're going to review some of the NIL policies and because they believe, uh, I don't have the quote, the direct quote in front of me, but it's basically... And maybe you do, but it's basically they're saying that they are uh, concerned that this NIL situation, the way it's currently constructed, is negatively affecting the, quote, student-athlete experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to wonder, and like I said, there it's going to be such a fine line to tiptoe because you cannot go back to how it was where you're making money off of the players and they're not getting anything back. But I don't know, something... To me, it 
there needs to be something different than what the current system is right now because you're going to have so many of these top programs that are going to be able to find ways to get all these top players more and more money and we'll see what ends up happening from it but again with the nil i i like that the players are able to get paid but it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens from this. I don't know. Does the NCAA really have that much control over the NIL? Because they were the ones that were against it and got overruled and NIL was a thing. So I don't necessarily know how much leverage they have in this either. Well, that's the thing is is they already opened up Pandora's box here. Yeah. Like, what did, what did they expect? Other than what this has turned into, which is essentially just a 100% unregulated free-for-all. Did, did they think that, oh, it's going to, you know, people are just going to be getting, you know, collecting their $10,000 checks so that they can help pay for books and, you know, have an extra meal off campus. They, if that's what they truly thought was going to happen, that's just naive and, and, Maybe I, I don't know the the fact that they just open this up to come to zero with zero regulation. Of course, it's going to be a free for all, especially when you're talking about these big brands like USC, where we where we're seeing a lot of these players transfer to, where there's a shit ton of money in LA to just give out. You got Hollywood right there. Like what what did they expect? You know, you got all the all the tech firms in San Fran that. You know, or in that, you know, uh, Bay Area that, I mean, that, that California is just loaded with people looking to give away money. Of course, this is what you're going to see here. I, and you can't just completely undo it or completely shut it down. So I don't know, you know, if they're going to review it, what do they expect? What's, what's the outcome that they're expecting after they do their little, their, their NIL review? Yeah. No, that's what'll be interesting to find out what they even have the capability to control. So it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that <laughs> the summer leading up into the season. And yeah, I'm very curious to see where that is going to go. Something else that was up for review this last week was the college football playoff, and that got shut down, unfortunately. So we are locked into four teams through the 2025 season. Thank you, Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten, because you were the only conferences that voted against college football playoff expansion. Apparently, the ACC was heavily favored to want an eight-team playoff. The Big Ten wanted all Power 5 schools to auto-qualify if you won your conference tournament. The Pac-12 is just caring about the uh, Rose Bowl, and they want a special (laughs) consideration. Yeah, whatever the the hell that means. That means so I was extremely disappointed. I know you and I uh, actually changed your mind on the college football playoff of 12 teams, and I was excited for it. And I didn't know if we would get 12 teams right away on it. I figured they'd probably do a little bit smaller expansion, see how it went. But extremely disappointed that we're going to have another three seasons, four seasons, I guess 22, 23, 24, 25 of 14 playoff. Well, I, I find it funny that. You know, the, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12, those were the three conferences that were talking about, you know, creating a, an alliance to kind of get, uh, you know, a, 
you know, kind of counter Super what the football SEC is doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And they were trying to create this alliance, but they can't even they can't even come to any agreements on the football playoff themselves. And those are the only three conferences. Like this is dysfunction at its finest. Where, you know, it's pipe dream of having this three conference alliance to counter the SEC and they can't even agree on something that all eight other conferences that voted on this all were in favor of. And those are the only three that said no for different reasons too, not for the same reason. ACC wants eight teams, Big Ten, yeah, like you said, auto qualifier for the top five, Pac-12 wants the, what is the special consideration for the Rose Bowl? I just that it'll always be a playoff, a playoff game. game? Yeah, playoff? I think yeah. we all probably would expect that. They're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna. They're not gonna throw in the freaking Music City Bowl in instead of the Rose Bowl for a playoff game. So I don't know what the Pac-12 is worried about here, but God damn, we're trying to. They're trying to create this new <laughs> SFL Super Football League. <laughs> that's phenomenal, and they can't even agree on this kind of stuff. So that's a perfect. You know, I. I don't know. It's a perfect, like, it's just, you know, the, the Big Ten, Pac-12, they were talking, yeah, again, talking about the alliance, and they couldn't even agree to how many conference games each conference is going to play. There were talks about the Big Ten dropping their conference number number of conference games from nine games down to eight. Now the Big Ten's going back on that and now leaning more towards the nine conference games that it's been. Just, just... The amount of dysfunction at the top of sports, it just boggles my mind so often. I just don't understand why these three conferences didn't vote for some sort of expansion with it. Even if you're not in agreement, there needs to be expansion for the sake that all three of these leagues are behind the SEC right now by a landslide. The SEC usually gets two teams into the college football playoff. The Big Ten, Michigan represented them this last year, but historically it's just been Ohio State. Nobody else has gotten into the playoff. The Pac-12, Oregon has been in it a couple times, and I believe Washington was in it one year and just got absolutely manhandled. Yeah, they got they got Alabama. wrecked. And the ACC, yeah, you had Clemson there, but otherwise nobody's even come close to getting in there. You expanded, Florida State, you had, more exposure. Florida State had those Florida years State. with Jameis. Oh, James. yeah, with Jameis. Yep, yep, good call. But it just to me just makes no sense you get so much more exposure expanding the playoff getting another team in because with the big 10 it's just i don't know you want the automatic qualifier in there but it's gonna be the west right now the way that the big 10 is set up or the east the east is the powerhouse right now so it i don't know it to me just is really disappointing that just because they had discrepancies in the playoff that they couldn't just vote for some sort of expansion and hash out the details afterwards, because I don't think they were finalizing anything at this point in time. It was literally just to go forward with, yeah, we're going to expand it and then kind of hash out the details. That's what it kind of felt like. Yeah. I, I just don't understand it at all. And I don't know if these are the three conferences, the super football league. That's like, (laughs) fuck you sec. And we're going to do super things ourselves. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if this is just a 
stick measuring contest or what's going it's on right now. They'll stand like. in their ground against the SEC, but I don't know. This would have been absolutely fantastic for college football to get more teams in and Obviously, the revenue, if you have more games, that's going to bring in more money, more people tuning into these playoff games. Guess who the top four teams are, or the highest odds to win the title this year? I bet you can do it. Alabama. Ding. Um, Georgia. Ding. (laughs) Um, Probably Clemson. Ding. Ohio State. Ding! Oh my God! <laughs> the same four teams, and they're saying no expansion. Are you kidding me? You didn't even know that, and you got it. Of course you did, because that's who's always there. This is insane. What the hell? They're what they're what are they doing? <laughs> drives me fucking crazy. And by the way, the Big Ten, they're saying they want an automatic, or they want all five teams automatically in. What the hell do they give a shit about? They've never been left. It's not like the Big Ten has ever been left out of the playoff. There's always been at least one team there. (laughs) What the hell do they give a shit about if if all five powered conferences are in? It should be the Pac-12 that should be fighting for that. And if you're the ACC, okay, so... You want eight teams. Well, the proposal was either six or 12. I believe 12 was the number they settled on. Why would you want... Is the idea... No, we want eight instead of 12 so that less SEC teams can get in? Well, that also means that less ACC teams can get in. It's fucking crazy. Whew. That felt yeah, good. That's what... I just... <laughs> yeah, I don't understand because like... I said before, with it only being four teams, these three conferences are never, I repeat, never going to get two playoff teams from their conference in in the same year because there isn't the teams that, I mean, you look at the SEC, the West, you've got Bama, Auburn, LSU, A&M. I mean, those are four teams that are just absolute powerhouses. You've got Georgia on the other side. Florida's there too was halfway decent last year. Florida's on the other side. It doesn't matter. We've seen so many times. Dude, we saw, we Alabama, saw Mississippi Georgia State was the number up. one team at one point when they had yeah, Dak. When Dak was there. Yeah. And Alabama, Georgia. Ole Miss is going to have were, Arch Manning, it looks like. They're going to be right there. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, Alabama, Georgia, we knew regardless of who won that game for the SEC championship, they both were going to get yes. into the playoff for the most part. So it didn't even make a difference. The Big Ten, for example, they're never going to get two teams in because if a West team beats an East team, both those teams aren't going to go. Ohio no. State, if Wisconsin knocks them off, they're not both going to get in. Only one of those teams is going to get in. Their conference schedule is not strong enough compared to the SEC. So I don't – it just makes absolutely no sense. So are th- they're just content then with Ohio State or Oregon or Clemson representing their conference every year and not anybody else getting exposure. It's just – it's stupid. It makes – it's – I don't know. It's amazing that it's it's the same four teams that are the that are the title odds. And there yeah. was still no they still couldn't agree let's expand this to help all of our conferences. Insanity yeah. to me. Oh shit. Yeah. 
Not uh, not good, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap up this episode. We'll be back a little bit later in the week with more news and dive into the Honda Classic. Honda! You can be found <laughs> at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you want to check us out on our individual socials, Gel can be found at DasGel. I can be found at DasJPEG. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. More than happy to reply back or answer any questions live on our next pod. Maybe live on a Thursday, live on a Friday, <laughs> writing those questions. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us in a screenshot of that review. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Gel, what platforms can they find us on? Hit us up on Anchor, our presenting sponsor, an app, and available on the web, on the web, anchor.fm. On your app, uh, look up on Google Play, Anchor, or as well as uh, the Apple App Store, just search Anchor. They allow us to do all of our editing, all of, you know, any any sort of uh, minimal money making that we're doing here. That's all, that's all through the Anchor app, uh, through that service. And they allow us to present this out to you guys on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods, all for free. Make sure to take a, or make sure to, whatever your chosen listening platform is, subscribe, rate, and review. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us at Dead Arm Sports on Twitter or Instagram, or to our or hit up the DMs at uh, by searching Dead Arm Sports on Facebook. Once you send in that written review, we will send you some DAS sticker action for free. For free. Can appreciate everybody out there listening. Tell somebody you know about the podcast. Great way for us to help spread the podcast, get you even more content. And uh, yeah, although I don't know, we'll be pushing out more than uh, four episodes a week, Joe. Oh, we're gonna, we we're gonna be do it. Gonna, we're, we're, we're gonna be doing. We're cranking, we're cranking, be them cranking out. out content left and right here. Don't worry about that. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, Joe. It's that time. Close us out. Alakazam. Later, fam. 